Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 100th episode of the March and Silver MMA show. Wow, 100 episodes, Oscar. This is incredible. Quite a landmark. Congratulations. And obviously, welcome back to the show uh, to talk about these great fights that we have this weekend and obviously the ones that happened the past weekend. Um, I was not here for all of the 100 episodes, but as soon as I hopped on around episode 7, I believe it was, we got to ball rolling and I think uh, I think we really found our way in the podcasting game. Absolutely. Uh, we've, got, we've got a fantastic show today. UFC 291 obviously going down this weekend. A huge, huge event. Um, very looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we've got one title fight, but it kind of feels, in my opinion anyway, it kind of feels like we have two title fights because that co-main event is so good. I totally agree. They could have easily made that for the vacant title if they wanted to. It features two former champions. And uh, Jan Blachowicz, I really think I think uh, you could have given him the fight with, with Magomedic alive if you wanted to. So that's how close these guys are to the title. Of course, Jamal Hill vacated the title last week. And now you have Yir Prohaska waiting on the winner of this weekend's light heavyweight co-main event, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. This title has been in limbo since Johnny Jones uh, gave it up back in, what, 2018, 2019? I can't remember when he moved up. Uh, 2020, maybe? 2020. Um, yes. Then he went up, so uh, a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, it's been limbo, but I kind of like that feeling of how limbo it's been because we're getting new champions, new personalities in our face, in our in our TV screen. So I'm, I'm liking it, and I'm, I'm hoping... That it's going to be a similar landscape with bantamweight, women's bantamweight now. So we're going to get these new stars and you know you need new personalities getting the chance at a belt and winning a belt. Yeah, I really love this division. Uh, it's full of very violent fighters, and I think we're going to see the very the very thing we come to. Uh, expect when it comes to the BMF title is straight up violence. And that's what we're going to get. The rematch between the Diamond, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje. I cannot wait for that one. But before we get to that preview, we have to talk UFC London, Aspinall versus Ty Burra. And last week when we previewed this, we did not know that you were going to be in the building for the event, but you were able to secure those last minute tickets. And uh, how how did you how did you find the event to be? How was your experience at the event? Uh, obviously, it's always great to go to a UFC event, any sort of MMA event. It's always great to witness the fights live. You have that different um, atmosphere when it's live. You can yeah, it's a different feeling, uh, a ten- tension, uh, shall I say? Um, it's good. I I I, I kind of like that feeling. Um, but, but I'm going to be, be brutally honest. I think the fights were absolutely atrocious. Uh, I think some of the prelims were were, were shocking, terrible. Um, but, you know, I, I think that also comes with of how blessed maybe the English fans, like myself, have been in the, in, in the past because that we've had such great fights come to London. Um, look at our last few headliners. Obviously, Ad, uh, Edwards versus Usman for the belt. We had Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev in the co-main event, for God's sake. So I think that also plays a part in it. Maybe we've been too treated 
enough and we're not taking it for granted. But I did feel like the fights were a little bit lackluster. Oscar, you still with me? Okay. Yeah. yeah, all right. We've still got Oscar. There, let's go. But yeah, uh, I think the, the fights were a little bit lackluster. But yet again, as I mentioned, I think that um, part of it could be played with of how blessed we've been in the past with the fights and the, and the events we've had here in London. So I reckon we go over this one really quite quick. Um, just talk about, you know, the really the key moments. Um uh, etc. Because I want to get to UFC 291 as quick as possible because that is a fantastic card. It is. Yeah, so in the main event, Tom Aspinall was able to defeat Marching Tiber via TKO in just a little over a minute. It wasn't even competitive. He was way too quick for Marching Tiber and even the first kick he landed was able to uh, to stun Tiber there. And then a perfect right hand drop Tybera, and the show is over. Uh, Tom Aspinall looked even better than he did previous to the knee surgery that he had. So I think the promise, the promise is very great with Tom Aspinall. I believe he will be champion someday. Uh, he may not be the next champion, but I truly believe with how young he is, I think he's just thirty. I think we're going to see him hold the heavyweight title sooner than later. Yep, completely agree. Uh, I, I think this is a very mature performance from Tom Aspinall. He looks good. His hands were very, very sharp and quick, um, as ever, as we expected from Tom Aspinall. Um, he, he's a different animal when it comes to striking at heavyweight. He's so quick. He, 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 he's ridiculously quicker than these guys at heavyweight. Um, he, he moves like a 170-pounder. Um, yeah. Another fantastic performance in the main event. Another pressure moment for him. And he kind of passed with it with flying colours. This one was a big one for him, obviously, coming off the back of the injury. So he needed to kind of go in there and look at impress and impress. He did. Um, next, obviously, he said Cyril Garn versus Bivak. He'll fight the winner, then he'll fight Jones. Um, whoever wins that fight between Garn and Bivak, I think, is a fantastic challenge for Aspinall. Um, a hard one. Obviously, if we look at it in terms of matchups, we all would probably prefer him to fight uh, Cyril Garn. You know, a striking um, masterclass for all, for all the fans to watch. Um, it would be fantastic. But yeah, Tom Aspel looked great in the main event. Hometown in his home fans. Uh, not home fans, sorry. He's from, he's from Wigan. Uh, but yeah, in front of his home home country. Um, looking good. Main event in. Um, spectacular, as always, is Tommy Aspinall. Moving on to the co-main event. Um, this one is quite a significant one to talk about. Chilo Storyenko gets an armbar over Mori McCann. Um, plain and simple, Mori McCann is just not up to scratch when it comes to her grappling. Her grappling is absolutely atrocious. Um, there's no other way to really put it. Um, obviously, respectfully, uh, she, she probably knows that there's a, 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 a lot to be desired and a lot to work on in her grappling. And I, I do believe her and her coach that um, they had actually, you know, leveled up in this fight um, in the grappling department. But you, you just can't play games with Juju Sorienko when it comes to the ground game, um, especially when she is such an expert at that um, at, at the armbar. She's such an expert at the armbar. She she knows his position through and through. It, you can't play games like that. Um, Molly McCann needs to up her grappling. I heard she's moved down to 155, which she announced that. Um, 
yeah. Uh, to be honest, I think this is a really, really bad um, look for Monokan, uh, and she really needs to bounce back. Uh, but Julia Sorenko, she took the moment. She got the, she got the job done. Um, she got the finish, so her, her stock is always going to go up. Uh, but she's still 2-5 and five in the UFC, so that's still ridiculously like bad. Yeah. Uh, she's Before this fight, she had only won 50% of her pro fights. Her record was 10-8. and eight. With uh, two uh, with two draws, so it's a very bad look for uh, Molly McCann, which some people really thought that she was uh, a title contender at one point, and the people that honestly uh, hopped on the the bandwagon after the after the you know the Patty Pimblet and Barstow hype, they got hopped on the bandwagon there, and it is wild that the UFC ever booked her against Aaron Blanchfield, who is probably the future champion of the division uh yeah molly mccann surely has got to work with some high level jujitsu players before her next fight or she could find herself uh tapping once again absolutely uh as we talked about not a great look for molly mccann um interested to see what she does for me she did announce that she is going down to 115 pounds um to kind of fight girls or her own size and, and stuff like that which is a smart move um but moving forward, surely, surely no one has any confidence in what he became winning. Um, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, moving on. And we, I mean, the, the main card was, you know, kind of decent. Um, other than that, it was, you know, pretty lackluster. We had a, a few good, you know, uh, prelim fights. But other than that, it was uh, just the main card kind of ruled everything. The final would in an absolute barn burner with Andre Feely. Andre Feely absolutely testing. Nathaniel Wood here. It was a fantastic scrap. Um, Nathaniel Wood dishing it out. Andre Feely dishing it out. And we t- we talked about this. Andre Feely isn't going to go down without a fight. He's you know he's he's, he's tough as nails. Uh, he, he he hits hard. He's got good wrestling. He's you know he's sharp. He's got good boxing as well. Um, he was always going to give Nathaniel Wood a really really good fight. But he God God did he make Nathaniel Wood work for it. Yeah, this this was a, a much harder fight for Nathaniel Wood than I anticipated. Uh, Andre Philly is not really known for his knockout power, but uh, he was fighting a guy that was a former band weight, and he was really putting hands on him constantly. And whenever he was landing, uh, it was it was hurting Nathaniel Wood. Nathaniel Wood, though, he's got power him able to uh, bring back to bring back all the heat. And this was a very close fight in the end because in round three, they were at a round apiece and uh, both guys did not want to get hurt again. So uh, Nathaniel Wood and ended up landing just just uh, the more impactful strikes. In that fight, um, but he did prove that he can hang with just about any featherweight in this division. Absolutely agree. I, I keep losing you a little bit, but it, you know, it came back in there at the end. Um, absolutely agree. Uh, a fantastic fight. And if anyone gets his hand raised again, uh, we'll move I'm on. We'll keep this moving swiftly. Yeah, I can still hear you. Um, we'll keep, we'll keep this moving on, uh, swiftly. Paul Craig, 185 pounds, his debut. I anticipated a really, uh, you know, a much harder matchup. Uh, for, uh, with Paul Craig, Paul Craig versus Andre Muniz. I just thought Andre Muniz had 
not not a grappling edge, but he'd be able to neutralise Paul Craig and his submission offence. Um, because obviously we've seen Jay Muniz in the past submit the likes of uh, Jack Ray Souza, um, who is a fantastic B- uh, BJJ practitioner. So it just made all the sense. Um, but Paul Craig showed a lot in this fight. Um, his grappling, obviously, we knew was really good, but he really, really impressed me in this fight. He was having his way with Andre Muniz on the ground. Um, that ultimately could be because of the size, and he's moving down, and now he's going to be, you know, the bigger man at 185 pounds. That could be um, the story. But yeah, I was really impressed with Paul Craig. I thought he'd done really, really well. Um, one of his best performances to date against a really, really tough fighter in Andre Muniz, who, who I think... I can't remember. He didn't get finished against Brendan Allen, uh, but Paul Craig finished him. I think that's a really good statement victory. Oscar, do we have you back? Kind of seems we're having trouble with Oscar here. Oscar, are you back? I'm back. Okay. I was talking about Paul Craig finishing... Andre Muniz. Um, obviously, Brendan Allen finished him. I got that wrong. Um, but I thought this was an impressive performance. Um, he kind of showed showcased all his skills. His boxing was looking sharp as well. He's, you, you know, he's got his his head kicks, his left high kick, and his body kick was looking good. Um, but his grappling was supreme, and that surprised me a lot because he how dominant he looked on the ground against Andre Muniz, who I talked about submitted someone like Jack Rizzoza. Yeah, uh, it appears to me that Paul Craig is a serious weight bully at this division now he says he put on 30 pounds after weigh-ins so he's enormous in that cage and very few guys are going to be able to match his size at middleweight moon is with the ground and pound i don't i don't know if he gets that sweep the sweep that won him the fight at light heavyweight, but uh, nonetheless, you have to give Paul Craig all the credit in the world for uh, improving himself after those two losses to uh, Johnny Walker and Volkan Ustamir. Um, and the current champion, Israel Adesanya, he definitely can tap him if it goes to the ground. So I really, I really like what uh, Paul Craig can do in this division moving forward. The guy's skill set is uh is very advanced on the ground. And Munez was once the, the guy we thought had the best jujitsu in the division outside of Fidelco Vieira and he just handled him. So I really am very Yeah, completely agree. Uh, and that was pretty much it from the main card. We had Francian versus Jai Herbert, but Laurent Murphy versus Josh Kudabal, that was a fantastic fight. And obviously Daniel Marcos versus David Grant, um, more of a technical battle. Um, the UFC London crowd weren't happy that David Grant didn't get the, the nod um, that night. And we'll, we'll speak about that. Um, I'll go through the rest of the results and we'll come back to, you know, the, you know, the marquee highlights. Uh, Johnny Persons getting a you know a finish of Danny Roberts, a fantastic victory. Um, he, he was just kind of beating Danny Roberts pillar to post there. Jao Alvarez getting the submission dart, uh, darts victory over Mike Diakache. A little bit of um controversy, something to do with headbutt and stuff like that. Mick Parkin 
absolutely looking spectacular on the debut against Jamal Progues. Um, yeah, Mick Parker has got such a bright future. I'm looking forward to it. Makhmi Amarov looking fantastic against Brian Barbarino. Um, pretty much show, you know, pillar to post, beat him up as well. Uh, Kent Vienna, um, th- this is where it starts to... Th- this is where the fans were, were not really treated uh, too much. Um, this section here... Um, Kate and Vienna get a uh, get decision of Panikers, Kanyas, Kanzed, sorry. Uh, Chris Duncan uh, getting a victory. You know, he looked dominant in this fight. Um, there wasn't much action, but he was just beating him to the punch every single time uh, and just kind of landed at will. Um, Bruno Brazil beating Shannon Bannon. Um, yet again, quite a, a lackluster uh, fight. Um, there was a lot of hype coming in with Shannon Bannon. A lot of people believe in it, including me, myself. Um, and she didn't look really look through that great. Uh, in my opinion, um, could be the UFC debut jitters, um, which I probably probably put it down to. Um, Jafel Filo looked absolutely spectacular. This guy almost submitted Mohamed um, Makayev, and he gets his submission victory in his uh, in this fight. I think this guy is really underrated for 100, uh, 125 pounds at flyweight. Um, I think he's got some really good skill. Um, I feel like we should, you know, we should see him in, in the near to future taking on some of these some of these contenders. So, Oscar, talk about uh, you know the rest of the fights below uh, France Yarn versus Jai, Jai Herbert or Murphy. Talk to me about the other key moments that you you know what kind of impressed you. I thought that uh, Daniel Marcos did not deserve that win at all. Uh, I was under the belief that he had a good chance of winning if he would move forward and win bombs. That's not. And he was landing almost nothing to the head. I believe that uh, Davy Grant won every round. Um, and somehow, some way, Daniel Marcos wins. Uh, and the hometown justices do not favor Davy Grant. I was floored to see that. And it's very sad to see that happen to Davy Grant, who, in his last fight, beat Rafael Simpson. I won the greatest bandwidth of all time. Honestly, he probably shouldn't have taken the fight against Daniel Marcos, who only had one UFC win. Um, and now it, I really think it drops him very low in the rankings, which is a shame because the Chico there. Oscar, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Yeah. And okay. also, we had Johnny Parsons getting that knockout against Danny Roberts. The final Philly versus with all action the whole time. I think Danny Roberts could have won the fight had he not made a bunch of bad decisions. He kept on going right back into the pocket with the Muay Thai fighter, uh, Johnny Parsons, who, who I kind of underrated heading into the fight. And wow, he's got, for being a and he was able to put away Danny Roberts. The guy was asking for a bonus after getting a submission off a off a headbutt. That was that was not a good look whatsoever, and that's why he didn't get that bonus. But uh, either way, I really liked his work on the feet prior to uh, to the controversial finish. And as you said, Nick Parkin, his fight versus Jamal Pogues was it, it was a slog. It was it was basically a non-existent. Uh, performance from Jermon Poe. He looked awful, but Nick Parkin was disciplined, so he could go uh, 15 minutes. Uh, I do like his future. As you said, Mehmet Murdoff, he showed 
that Bon Barberino was seriously undersized and just not on his level. Um, and, oh boy, that Kevin Beer fight. Take that instead of a Xanax if you want to go to sleep. I'll just say that. Chris Duncan, you're not Ashmoose. You're not Ashmoose. He took his first loss, but he did it as a one-armed man. Uh, Chris Duncan was, I thought he was underrated by a lot of people heading into this. They thought it was going to be the Chris Duncan of old. Got knocked down in contender series. And he showed disciplined. He showed uh, he showed off his wrestling, and I think he's improving on American top team. And uh, that first fight of the night was awesome. It was really awesome. Uh, I thought if we had everybody a great show, but it was not. Uh, Daniel, man, the Spaniard, Daniel Perez, was putting it to Jafel Philly. Jafel Philly looked basically done, but he made an epic comeback and was able to hurt uh, Perez and eventually get the submission. I really loved that first time. Absolutely. He looked really impressive. Um, as I talked about, I think he has a really good future. 125 pounds. Almost submitted uh, Mohamed Mike, uh, So, you know, fantastic uh, future. Uh, I think he's really underrated. Uh, I think we're going to see big things come out of him in the future. But yeah, that was pretty much UFC London. As we talked about, not the greatest of cards. Um, we just ticked over 20 minutes um, time in the podcast. So I'd, like to, I'd love to get us moving uh, because, you know, UFC 291, We've got so much to talk about, uh, whether that's the main card, whether it's prelims fight, prelim action. It's absolutely stacked. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And obviously the BMF title is on the line. It's, it's you know, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, we shall ta- talk about that fight. Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje for the BMF championship, uh, the vacant UFC BMF title. Um yeah, this one's going to be a fantastic fight, as as we all know. Uh, the both fighters love a little bit of a dog fight, love trading punches, but we have seen Justin Gaethje kind of slow down his way of fighting as of late. Um, but when I feel like when Justin Gaethje gets in these type of fights against Justin Poirier, against Michael Chandler, I feel like maybe he just can't help himself to get in them type of dog fights. And I feel like we're going to see the similar story here. I think maybe Justin Poirier would drag him drag him into a dogfight, and uh, Dustin Poirier is just going to pick him apart, um, land his shots. Um, and, I, and I feel like we're going to see maybe not a similar or a same story as the first fight, but I feel like, it, you know, it's, it's going to write the way, the, you know, the same way. I feel like we're going to see Dustin Poirier get a victory here, get a knockout win in spectacular fashion. In round four, round five, I see it going late. Um, I see them being more technical at the start, slowing things down. And then when it gets the, when they get into the fight, they feel more comfortable. Round two, round three, round four, I reckon are just going to be absolutely ridiculous, and we'll see eventually a knockout in the round four or five from Dustin Poirier. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. A lot of people are saying that both men have improved since that fight. I I really feel that most of the improvements are on the Justin Gaethje side. After that fight, he made. Be the UFC's most. I have a little more. He's been a little more defensively sound at times, and he got his last fight against Rafael Eve, He was not getting that picked against him on the show, thinking that uh, maybe his durability wasn't. 
he did win that fight uh, with his aggression uh, and his leg kicks. Those leg kicks really did a number on Dustin Poirier's leg in that first fight. Dustin Poirier was walking on crutches um, for a while after that first fight. I right because it was his biggest tool in the in the first fight, but. Dustin Poirier was able to secure that knockout win in the first fight by countering the leg kick with a perfect hook in round four. And it put Gaethje on wobbly legs and he was able to finish him. And ultimately, I he has absorbed. And Dustin Poirier has fought uh, some of the same guys that Gaethje has fought. And he's been able to stay a little more safe in those fights. Uh, in the Michael Chandler fight, he did not get uh, knocked down. And Justin Gaethje, um, Justin Gaethje did not get knocked down either, but man, he, he was almost put out there in uh, multiple stages. Uh, I really think that uh, the she fans, because we never quick like that. Uh, the, the first punch that Charles landed wobbled Gaethje and eventually he got dropped and submitted. And a lot of people are not injecting Justin Poirier's jujitsu into this, into the conversation of this fight because uh, he usually doesn't use it. But in his last fight, he fought Michael Chandler and he submitted Michael. Defense has never been good. And should it go to the ground if uh, Gaethje decides to use the wrestling, it'll be bad news for it. But uh, either way, I do think Dustin finish very late in this fight because obviously Gaethje still has that durability but that durability I do think is uh, so I will say wins this fight via fourth round TKO I'm, we see another war another fight of the year contender but at the end of the day Justin Gaethje is not as defensively sound as and uh I think they can match each other with the power. But Dustin Poirier doesn't them again, but of this fight will be the winner get awarded the BMF title from the former champion Jorge Masvidal, and I think we're all going to be satisfied at the end of the night. Yes, absolutely, completely agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And we talked about it before we went on there. Um, well, actually, I, said, I mentioned it earlier as well. I feel like this co-main event is a title fight because it's ridiculously good. Uh, but yeah, we have the same pick. I'm looking forward to the main event. BMF title on the line. Dustin Poirier, both of us uh, choosing to get it done. Uh, moving on to the second, uh, you know, co-main event. Jan Bohovic versus Alex Pajero. Um This one, the hype around it is ridiculous because, you know, Two, two, two former champions, Jan Bohovic obviously holding a uh, light heavyweight championship, Alex Pajero, uh formerly holding that you know, UFC middleweight championship. Now he looks to make his 205 uh, light heavyweight debut against a, a, a guy that I feel like we have to not underestimate. Um, Jan Bohovic has been in this situation plenty of times um, when someone's moved up from middleweight. Um, Lou Grockhold, Jack Rosoza, Israel Asanya, and he's beat them. He, he uh, there was another one off the top of my head, but he he's beat all of them. 
Um, so this is nothing new to Jan Bohovic. He's been here before. It's just another fight for him. And he's smarter than, say, Sean Strickland, who wanted to stand and bang with Alex Pereira. Jan Bohovic knows what he needs to do to win this fight. He needs to get this fight to the ground as soon as possible. And w- w- what we've seen from Jan as well, he's not afraid to do that. He did it against Izzy and he controlled him pretty well uh, in that fourth and the fifth round. Um, he, you know, he, he took away his undefeated record. Um, he deserved to win that fight. And that's what I kind of think is going to happen. I think we're going to see Jan Bohovic coming with a smart head, kind of wear down on Alex Pereira in the grappling exchanges very early on. And then obviously I think Mahera would just not be able to keep that up for five rounds. Uh, sorry, three rounds. Um, wait, is it? It's five rounds. No, it's only no, three. It's five, it's three rounds. Three, I saw three five there. I got myself confused. Um, I feel like in that first second round, Alex, uh, Jamahovic is going to wear him, wear him down. And in the third round, I think we'll see a little bit more dominant Jamahovic. But I think he's going to get a decision victory, which is kind of crazy because how hard they both hit. revealed his game plan for this fight. He said he's going to strike with Alex Pereira in the first round, and in the second round, he's going to use his grappling, and he's going to attempt to get a finish on the ground. I think that's exactly what he's going to do. Uh, Unless he gets hurt quickly, I think he's going to go to grapple right away. But I think he can hang with Alex Pereira on the feet, because he can hang with Adesanya on the feet. I'm sure Adesanya's not... that uh, Jan Blachowicz has very effective uh, leg kicks and leg kick defense, um, and his clinch game is very effective. I think he's going he's gonna to try to clinch to, uh, to tire out Alex Pereira a little bit because when, whenever Alex grapples, he gets tired much quicker than when he strikes. So I think uh, we're going to see Jan Blachowicz to use this. And he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Actually has more submissions on his record than he does knockouts. Uh, a lot of people know him as the, the knockout artist, but the guy is very good at wrapping up those submissions. He submitted uh, Devin Clark before, um, and I really think uh, I really think that Alex Pereira is very underdeveloped on the ground. He got taken down by Adesanya, for goodness sake. That's the only takedown Adesanya's ever gotten in the UFC, so I think uh, Jan Blachowicz will get a second round for a naked choke submission. I just think he's miles ahead of Alex Pereira. Um, but if it stays on the feet for a significant amount of time, let's not forget Jan Blachowicz is 40 years old, and uh, that durability definitely could be going at any time. But if yeah. you look on the other side, Alex, he got knocked out back in April just a couple months ago. So who knows where his durability is at right now. And he's fighting uh, a man with some serious power. So I think this is not a good fight for uh, Alex Pereira to be taken in his light heavyweight debut in MMA. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, Yamahovic is very underrated. And if you look at that fight against Adesanya, I, I know I keep going back to it, but it's, it's you know, it's a very similar matchup. You know, uh, Yamahovic versus, a, you know, a glory kickboxer. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, if I'm correct in remembering, I think Yamahovic was doing really well, well, if not getting some of the better exchanges of Adesanya on the feet. He won two rounds, in my opinion, that were purely on the feet. There we have it. So, does that showcase as well? Jan Blachowicz can stand and have a trade with Alex Pereira, but obviously no man wants to stand and trade with Pereira because you know he's got that big left hand. Crypto. Yeah, yeah. I, that left hook from Alex Pereira is dynamite. 
right? But I know for a fact client to avoid it and to use the grappling. Uh, it says that they're going to use their MMA experience advantage to win the fight, and that obviously means mixing and grappling to finish the fight. I know it's crazy over to share, but just. Okay, we move on to the next fight at welterweight versus Michelle El Demolidor Pereira. I love this fight. This fight should be a striker's delight for sure. Steven Wonderboy Thompson has struggled against the grapplers. Mohammed. Here at Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley was a very good wrestler. Um, and he does very well. Kevin Holland. Um, and look very and essentially look very good doing it. I'll put consistently sure he does get tagged here and there. Steven Wonderboy Thompson is very reliable when it comes to pure strategy battle. It's funny guy, Michelle Pereira, who's been on a winning streak as of late, but he still does slow down in round three. Wonderboy Thompson does not. So uh, right there, you got to give round three to uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson if it gets there because uh, he nearly put out Kevin Holland. Well, actually, he did finish Kevin Holland because Kevin Holland uh, had a broken hand in round four in that fight of the year contender. Uh, at the end of last year, I really think uh, Steve Wonderboy Thompson is going to be able to counter anything that Michelle Pereira brings his way. And uh, I think uh, he brings a stop to that momentum, Michelle Pereira, who's been fighting uh, who's been fighting guys that are not as crisp and quick as uh, Michelle uh, as uh, Stephen Thompson. So I think Stephen Thompson by unanimous decision all the way. Do you think this is going to be the fight of the night? Yeah, Outside absolutely. of uh, Gaethje. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with everything you said there. I, I've also got Stephen um, Thompson in this fight. Um, when it comes to matchups like this with Stephen, I just think he wins them 10, out, 10 times out of 10. Um, he's so technical, um, so good on the feet. Um, other than the only way you beat him is if you have a flash knockout, like what happened when he fought uh, Anthony Pettis. Um, but when it comes to these striking exchanges, it's a purely striking matchup. Like, I think Michelle Pierre is going to bring. I don't think he's going to look for the wrestling because uh, ultimately I don't think he's really that good to kind of really trouble Stephen Thompson. Uh, but uh, this is a fantastic matchup, I think, for Stephen Thompson. And I think he gets the job done. And I think maybe, maybe he looks, makes it look easy and just picks him apart. Um, and I also believe the winner of this fight also fights MVP in UFC. I would love to see that uh, for sure. Uh, Michael Venom Page was We know for a fact that uh, the UFC thinks highly of him, and I would love to see him in the UFC. But uh, in terms of whoever wins this fight, I think whoever wins this fight is in a very good spot, honestly. And uh, I don't think it would be out of the question for Wonderboy to be matched up with uh, Kamaru Usman if he wins this one. Oh, man, that would be good. What was meant to be um, back in the day? 
Oh, yeah, I, I'm very. I, some people wrote off Wonder Boy after some of those losses, but the guy still looked world class. And Kevin Holland, who uh, who went on to knock out Ponzinibbio with one uh, with kind of one hand after that. So I really believe in uh, Steve Wonder Boy Thompson's skill set, even at 40 years of age. Completely agree. Um, we'll keep it move on. Uh, move in, sorry, to Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Um, I'm going to keep this one simple, um, straight to the point. Uh, I, I really have no confidence in Tony Ferguson anymore. Um, he's slowing down. His age is it's obviously it's increasing. He's not getting any younger. And I think Bobby Green is really underrated as well, especially when it comes to boxing. I think his boxing is phenomenal. Um, I don't think he'll knock out Tony Ferguson, but I think for three rounds, he could piece up Tony Ferguson and, and cruise to decision victory. I couldn't agree with you more. You're not going to find many more bigger Tony Ferguson fans than myself. I've been thinking even when some people were doubting him in these last couple of fights, and I just can't, I can't do it anymore, man. He's not looked good at all. Uh, sure, he had that knockdown against Michael Chandler, winning round one. But after that, he took one of the worst front kicks we've ever seen in the history of, a, of MMA, and he got flatline KO'd. I really think uh, the damage he's been taking has hurt his confidence. Um, and I really think uh, he doesn't have much to offer at this point. Um, in, the, in the Nate Diaz fight, Nate Diaz sensed no danger whatsoever. He was taking strolls around the octagon. He was taunting him, just walking away. Tony Ferguson uh, was using the leg kicks a lot in that fight. And uh, that shows you how limited his skill is uh his skill set is at this point it's it's just not it's not going to work out for him in this fight what tony person used to do is he used to wear guys out and uh, get the late submission or the late tko for the most part he can't do that against bobby green bobby green uh is not only pretty durable he's very good at uh his cardio is very good his striking is because reaction is good. That that cannot be said for Tony Ferguson uh, in terms of the, the speed. So I think Tony Ferguson, but I think he dominates every single round and wins a unanimous decision. All right, let's move on to the next fight. Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. This fight is so. This card is so stacked. This could easily headline a fight night event. Michael Chiesa has been out for two years now. Uh, and is it has it been two years? It, it's been a while. Kevin Holland, on the other hand, he fought back in April, knocked out Santiago Ponzinibbio. Part of that was not was uh, finished by Steve Warnerboy Thompson. That was a that was a bad beating he took. And part of that, he got submitted by Hamza Chimaev. Before those losses, he did. He was on a solid run against unranked competition, finishing all of them, letting them know that uh, that they're gonna have a hard time with him because he's a former middleweight who once won five fights in a calendar year back in 2020. Kevin Holland is a very talented striker, but let's be real: that takedown defense is just not. It's not high level, and it is high level on the Michael Chiesa side. Michael Chiesa has been able to 
had his way with some very high-level grapplers in the UFC. He submitted Benil Darius. He dominated Rafael. He, uh, he dominated Neil Magnus and Carlo Candic. Um, his striking has been getting Sean Brady. He was the guy getting out wrestled there. So on the feet, he was the guy doing significant damage, almost finishing Sean Brady in round three of that fight. So I really like Golda as an underdog in this fight. I cannot believe he's the underdog. People know Kevin Holland has a big hole in his game in the wrestling. He got dominated by both Marvin Vittori and Derek Brunson. And uh, even at welterweight, some of these guys are taking him down. Alex Caboy Oliveira took him down. Tim Means took him down. This is not going to be a, a good fight uh, for Kevin Hall fans. I think they're going to find themselves uh, frustrated that he can't get up after he gets taken down. And Michael Chiesa has a very good choke game. And uh, Kevin Holland was easily submitted by Hanzo Chamayo. So it would not surprise me if Michael Chiesa gets a submission. But I will pick Michael Chiesa to win by unanimous decision. It is wild that he's an underdog when he has this big advantage. Lenny, you're you're muted. Oh my God, that's why you can hear me. Oh, Jesus yeah, you're Christ. muted. Hundred wow. episodes in, Oscar, and we're still having this. Look at this. <laughs> this Hopefully, by episode two hundred, we have it all down. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, I agree, Michael Kessa. I, I I think we have the you know the, the advantage. Uh, I like Kevin Holland, uh, but once you know. I, I, I feel like he does good against these guys who are not really top level, uh, top 50 level. Um, and yes, he looked good against Santiago Posterior, but he lost against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, lost against Hamzat Jamarov, which, you know, uh, you can't really take much away from the Hamzat one because Hamzat is just a different animal. But if you look at his losses, Marv Vittori, Derek Bronson, uh, Hamzat Jamarov, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, you know, top echelons. Um, of you know of, of the fight at the 175 pound division, but his wins against Alex Oliveira, who's on you know he's not even in the UFC anymore. Um, he's in, in the regional in regional scenes. He's not even having success in the regional scenes. So, and that was only last year. Um, a win over Tim Means. I don't really rate that 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 much. But the Santiago Ponzinibbio that, that that was a good one. I I kind of really rated Santiago. Um, but I also feel like Santiago his his days are run now. His his time is done. Um, he's not going to get any further than he once was. Um, I think it's um, a bit of a sticky situation for Santiago. Uh, but yeah, I like Michael Chiesa. I thought Michael Chiesa was really underrated. Um, the only problem is he's, he's, he's had that long layoff. Um, that, that's the only thing that you know I don't like in this fight. Uh, if you look at his last two fights, you know, uh, uh, submission loss versus Vizite Luque, and obviously decision loss versus Sean Brady. Other than that, he's looked really good. Uh, Neil Magny win, Rafael de Sanjos win, Diego Sanchez uh, win, Carlos Condit win, um, then lost Anthony Pettis. But, you know, he, he's really come leaps and bounds, bounds in, in, as, as of late. And I feel like this layoff will only do him good, but it's against Kevin Holland. But I, I, I've got to pick Kesa. I think Kesa's going to um, get it done. Um, you know, I, I feel like the submission will also be there. Um, which is quite surprising. Um, I, I just looked at tap, Tapology. 23% of Tapology are picking Kesa. There's 77% are picking Holland. Yeah, I really think people are uh, overlooking Michael Kesa, and I think that's a big mistake. Uh, as I said, he possesses 
the exact skill set you need to beat Kevin Hart. Absolutely agree. Uh, but yeah, I've got Kearse in this one, and we'll keep it moving on swiftly. Trevor Giles, um, at 170 pounds, um, taking on Gabriel Bonfim. Um, this one is going to be an absolute great fight. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, Trevor Giles, as of late, uh, he lost against Michael Morales, Rodriguez de Plessis, but bounced back with uh, Lucas Koski uh, and obviously beat Brendan Parsons, split decision in his last fight. Gabriel Bonfim, uh, Bonfim, sorry, um, obviously beat Manuel Leziz, uh, mounted guillotine in his last fight, um, which I think Manuel Leziz is a fan, or was regarded as a fantastic prospect. Really coming up, his striking was brilliant, uh, and he kind of really dismantled him. Got that, you know, got that, got a commission victory. Um, Fourteen and zero versus Trevor uh, versus Trevor Giles, who's sixteen and four. And if you look at Bonfim, he's a, he's a notorious, notorious finisher. Um, most of his wins are by finish, if not all of them. Uh, I, you know, if you look through his record, absolutely stacked with rare naked chokes, uh, dash chokes, blue chokes, guillotine chokes. This guy is an absolute savage when it hits the mat. Uh, and you've got to look at the opposite um, of, of Giles. You know, he, he's been knocked out twice. Uh, obviously, he knocked out uh, um, against Drigas to Pissy. Uh, he, he did get something versus uh, Jared Mershart. Back in the day, I thought Jerry Mershaw was actually quite good on the ground. So that one, I, I don't want to really take too much away from. Zach Cummins, he got something against Zach Cummins. That one, that, that, that one takes a little a, a little bit of question mark for me. Um, I, I just think Trevor Jones is going to get submitted by Bonfim. I think Bonfim is a fantastic prospect. I think when looking at maybe a top 15, top 10 contender, 14-0, uh, most, most of his win by finishes, I think there's a lot to be desi- a lot to see from this guy, um, and I feel like we're going to see you know a really good run from him, etc. Coming from obviously starting with Tre- Trevor Giles this weekend. Yeah, Tre- Trevor Giles has had a very up and down UFC career. Was that win over Roman Delite, which has aged incredibly well? Delite is in the top ten of the middleweight division right now. Just got himself booked with Derek Brunson, by the way. Uh, I really believe that uh, this is a great spot for for Bonfim to get himself um, a showcase by getting the finish in the main event on the prelims. Uh, as you mentioned, Giles has been submitted before. If you remember that fight against uh, James Krause, the third round. You can only you better bet that this weight cut down to 170 has not helped his gas tank. He's looked very poor in these uh, in these fights. He got knocked out by Michael Morales, and then against Lewis Kosi, who was 0-1 in the UFC, doesn't even have 10 pro fights. He has a very close fight with him. Uh, Preston Parsons also uh, is not the most high-level guy, and uh, that. his neck snatched, uh, just like he did against Gerald Mershart. I think that Bonfim has a very good future uh, because he's he's well-rounded. On the feet, I think he's probably going to be quicker than Trevin Giles, and he's got a better kicking game. And on the ground, uh, as I mentioned, Bonfim, notorious finisher. He'll get the second-round submission. Absolutely. Um, and if we move on to the next one, uh, we'll keep it uh, sl- swiftly moving. Uh, we've got six fights left. Uh, I reckon we speak about them uh, 
in a quick manner. Uh, we've got 13 minutes left. We have got some really good fights. Uh, Jake, obviously, Jake Matthews, Derek Nose versus uh, uh, Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. That's a fantastic fight. Miranda Maverick stepping in short notice versus Priscilla Cachiara. Um, I love that one. Uh, I think Miranda Maverick is... Um, whenever Miranda Maverick's fight, I like, to, I like to watch her. I'm a big fan. Um, you know, she was on a good run, but as of late, you know, kind of slowed down. But, you know, I'm, hope, I'm hoping she get back to the winning ways. Uh, we'll start off with Derek Lewis versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. Um, obviously, Derek Lewis is not having the greatest of uh, success um, in, in his recent run. Three losses back-to-back. Taito Vasa KO'd, uh, Sergio Pavlovich KO'd, and obviously in his last fight against um, Sergio Spivak, um, he got submitted. Um, Marcus Rodrigo de Lima um, submitted Andre Olowski, uh, got that um, decision win versus Wilder uh, Cortez Acosta. This one is a big fight for him. Because every time uh, Marcos de Lima kind of steps up and fights, you know, these bigger names, um, like even of, um, he kind of fails. Um, you know, he's 10 and 6, 10 wins and 6 losses inside the UFC. Um, he's, he's been around for a very long time. So is Derek Lewis. Uh, as I talked about de Lima, when he fights these bigger names, like even of Romanov, uh, Struve, um, over St. Prue. Uh, he, he kind of slips at the banana and kind of fails. Um, this one, though, I feel like I give him a really good chance because we have seen Derek Lewis kind of slow, not slow down, but just not kind of be himself. Um, his last win was against Chris Dorcas. Um, and that was one year, five months ago. And that win, that is that is aged terribly. Um, Chris Dorcas going down to middle uh, 205. Uh, he's on a really bad stretch of form. Yeah, I have no, I have no confidence if I'm honest in Derek Lewis, but he has that big bomb, he has that big power in that right hand. Um, my pick would be Rodrigo de Lima. How about you, Oscar? I'm actually going to take uh, Derek Lewis in this fight. Uh, a lot of people are doubting Derek Lewis this Saturday, but at the end of the day, he's fighting a guy that I don't think is a real heavyweight. Uh, Marcos Jerry de Lima was losing a lot of fights at light heavyweight. Uh, he gets a lot of shape fights at heavyweight. He fights a lot of real heavyweights, and he's been winning. Don't, don't get me wrong, but he's fighting a, the man with the most proven power at this weight class. He's not got the likes of Alexander Volkov and Curtis Blades and Travis Brown and Roy, Roy Nelson. He had that split decision win against. He's got some very good wins, and he he's looked uninspired going into the Oxygen these last couple times. So that is concerning to me. But if you look at his approach uh, in the Taiti Vas fight, in the Sergey Pavlovich fight, he wants to finish the night very quickly, win or lose. He just goes in there and swings for the fences. And I do think that uh, he's got the serious power advantage here. So assuming he doesn't get clicked by Marcos Ajero de Lima first, I think he's the one that lands the knockout blow in round one. So uh, there's no big confidence here, but... Give me Derek Lewis, the more proven, uh, the more proven uh, knockout artist here to get the win. Yeah, um, obviously a big possibility. You know, Derek Lewis has been around for, uh, in the UFC for a long time. Um, absolutely donkeys. Um, it's it's incredible what run he's kind of had in the UFC. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, the first fights of the evening, the first five fights of the evening, we've got Manuel Ravik versus Patricia Carrera, uh, Cachiera, um, Matthew Semmelsberg versus Uso Medic, CJ Vergara versus Vinicius Salvador, Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers, uh, Roman Kopolov versus Claudio Ribeiro. Um, this, uh, you know, the prelims, that, you know, the first fights, uh, five fights, uh, you know, 
I'm not really looking too much into them. Um, I'm looking forward to watch them, um, especially Mafu Semmelsberg versus Usa Medic. I think that's going to be a low-key banger. I think I'm looking forward to that one. Oscar, the first fight's the evening. Who have you got and which one are you looking forward to? Uh, I really think uh, that these fights could deliver some exciting finishes. Uh, so Roman Coppola versus Claudio Hiberio. These are two uh, These are two guys that are mainly strikers. Uh, they have knockout. Knocked out by Abdelbisaka Hassan. He's finding a good guy in Roman Coppola that is actually in a decent run after almost getting cut. He knocked out both Punaheli Soriano and Alessio DeShirico. I think uh, that he's got the cleaner, more technical striking than Claudio Huberio. Huberio reminds me a little bit of Michelle Pineda. He likes to do unorthodox techniques. Um, I think we have just lost Oscar um, right there. I think it was on the CJ Vergara fight versus Vinicius Salvador. Um, Vergara, the the American, 11-4, taking on Vinicius Salvador at 14-5. The Brazilian, uh, a really good matchup. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, but you know, this one's that flyweight. Vergara, CJ Vergara is a heavy favorite on uh, Tapology. 78% are picking CJ Vergara. We have Oscar back. All right. So, uh, as I was saying, I think Claudio Huberio, if he doesn't get the early knockout here, I think he probably finds himself getting knocked out himself by Roman Coppola. He's got very powerful kicks, especially the body. I think those will slow down Huberio. So, I'm taking second round to Gale for Roman Coppola. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and obviously, we talked about the other four fights. Jake Matthews returning against Darius Flowers. Um, and obviously, CJ Vigero versus Vinicius Salvador. Malfoy Semmelsberg versus Uso Medic. Miranda Maverick stepping at Sean Merch versus Prisha Cashier. Um, uh, the ones I'm looking forward to is obviously the first fight in the year, Miranda Maverick versus Prisha Cashier, just because. I really like uh, Miranda Maverick. Um, I, I like everything about her, how she's studying, uh, getting you know, getting a, a degree, still fighting. I think her story is quite inspirational. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger as well. Um, he's always in, you know, he hits really hard. We, you know, he's had these insane knockouts. Uh, Usa Medic as well. He's kind of had these, you know, his power knockouts uh, in, 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 the, in the past. Uh, obviously, we saw his knockout against uh, Omar Morais. Um, Alan Cruz, for example. Uh, he did lose against Jane Turner. That's his only loss. Um, but is Martha Semsberg, you know, he's been around the block as well. Uh, that was a really good fight. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, uh, the first four fights, Oscar, who have you got? And uh, which one do you look forward to the most? Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers is going to be a very fun fight. Uh, Darius Flowers is very explosive. He's got very good jiu-jitsu and he will uh, swing for the fences. Um, but he's finding a guy, Jake Matthews, who has a jiu-jitsu base of his own and in the fight against Andre Fialio, he's shown that his striking is good. And uh, sure, he did lose that fight against Matthew Summersberger, but that's Matthew Summersberger, who hits much harder than Darius Flowers. Uh, I think that Jake Matthew should be a big favorite in this fight. This fighting guy, Darius Flowers, who's not proven himself whatsoever. Even on the contender series, his opponent injured his own, his own uh, shoulder, and then he gets slammed. Some people thought the slam caused the finish there. But it was his own opponent injuring himself, attempting a submission. So I, I think Jake Matthews uh, gets himself um, a unanimous decision win in that fight. I think he's uh, he's fought a lot of more better guys 
and a lot of people are down on him, and they shouldn't be after losing to Selmos Berger. Uh, speaking of Selmos Berger, he's fighting to win any fight in the UFC because the competition he fought outside of the UFC was just not good at all. He is a very big welterweight. Uh, Urs Medich used to be a lightweight. He's moving up. I think he's going to get uh, discouraged by the power of Matthew Selmosberger, who knocks down almost everybody he fights, win or lose. So I think uh, Urs Medich will bring a lot of a lot of flurry, a lot of flurries of strikes in the first round. But Selmosberger has shown that he's very tough. Uh, like he. Knocks out Urus Medic cold. Uh, and part of that, we have CJ Brigard versus Vinicius Salvador. Guys who have been in uh, a years. I think uh, CJ Brigard has a very big on the kickboxing, but he's taking the ground. Not much to offer as we saw in his debut against Victor Altamirano. Uh, CJ Vergara almost got knocked out against uh, Daniel Willicat Santos early in the year, but he's shown the ability to survive. He's very tough. So I think uh, I think uh, this is going to be another situation. We see early flurry from Vinicius Salvador, but uh, I think Sinjif Regard can tough this one out and win a decision. And then the first fight of the night, Miranda Maverick, she's got a much easier matchup this time in Priscilla Touch. Against Jasmine Jastavisius. Jasmine has a very solid wrestling game. Priscilla Cashewar does not. She's going to get taken down. And she's shown uh, poor submission defense in the past. Uh, she got submitted very easily by Jillian Robertson. Um, I think uh, I think Miranda Maverick is, um, is very solid if she gets on top. Uh, Officer Wrestling is not all that great as we saw against Jasmine Jastavisius, but as we mentioned, uh, Priscilla Ketchewa, not a very good grappler. On the feet, there is potential for Priscilla to bully Maverick if her confidence is not that high coming off that loss. But we've seen her fight Macy Barber and hold her own. So if we get a good version of Moran Maverick's maybe more motivated coming off the loss, I think Moran Maverick will, will dominate the fight and possibly get a submission late. In fact, I'll actually pick her to get a third-round submission here and uh, get her confidence back up after that unfortunate loss. Absolutely. Uh, so that, that, that's pretty much the whole card. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, the first two fights are overshadowing um, of how great card it is. Uh, but we have some fantastic fights. Uh, top to bottom, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Yamahovic, and Alex Pereira, uh, Stephen Wonderboy, Thompson, Michelle Pierre, Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green, Michelle Chiesa versus Kevin Holland. My God, Derek Lewis versus Marcos Rodriguez de Lima. Jolly gosh, in the words of Lenny Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Oscar, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, obviously, th this is kind of the, the, the parting message to the fans. Um, which fight are you most looking forward to the most? Uh, the main event is an easy answer, but I'll actually say that uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Has to be, yeah. It's going to be an absolute joy to watch. It's going to be a joy to watch. Uh, this, for me, is a better card than International Fight Week. Um, this, this is a 
awesome card. So I think this is 100% worth whatever the pay-per-view fee is. Uh, these guys are going to give you your money's worth. And at the end of the night, we'll have a new BMF champion. Completely agree. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a fantastic uh, main card, uh, main, main event, co-main event. The prelims are good. Yeah. This one is absolutely stacked. We're going to have a great night for sure. Um, and obviously, we're going to have Joe Rogan back on commentary um, with John Anik and I presume maybe Daniel Cormier. Uh, yes. I don't, know whether, I don't know whether that's been announced or not. But yeah, I that's that confirmed. One. That's confirmed. There we go. John Anik, uh, Joe Rogan, John Anik back in the back in the booth. Um, I, I absolutely love John Anik. I don't think he gets the, the, the amount of appreciation he should have. He's, he's just phenomenal at his job, isn't he? Yeah, he's. I think he's the, he's the heart and soul of the UFC at this point, and nobody does the job better. Nobody does more homework before, and uh, uh, he's just a great guy. Absolutely agree. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's pretty much the end of the podcast. Shifty Time Night One, Two Night One goes down this weekend live on ESPN Plus. Uh, or pay-per-view, one of them. Uh, I'm not from America. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how much it'll be, so I can't give you them details uh, either. But yeah, enjoy the pay-per-view this weekend. It's going to be an absolute slower knocker of a night. Fights top to bottom, absolutely producing. Um, this one is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait I can't wait for it. Oscar, thank you very much. Do you have a parting message, a victory, anything like that? And either way. But yeah, I appreciate everyone that has uh, been a bit, you know, listened to the podcast. I appreciate everyone following the podcast, podcast, wherever you are watching this podcast, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, anything like that. Make sure you follow it. Make sure you like it. Uh, give us a rating or anything like that. And if you're watching it on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. And Oscar's back to do his parting message. Make sure to enjoy UFC Tony ninety one and then join us for next week. We will preview UFC Nashville. San Hagen versus Fat. Absolutely. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar, thank you very much. We'll catch you all next week. Thank you very much. See you all and, and very goodbye. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>